All right, let's lace them up. Uh, welcome to episode four of Shoebox Talks here with Evan and Bailey. And uh, yeah, we're uh, beautiful Wednesday, nice and early recording day. We're not used to that, but I think it's I think it's kind of nice to to get it out of the way, get it uh, get it while it's fresh. So uh, we're gonna start with Evan. Evan has a little something for me. All right, so uh, we had some feedback from last episode on the conversation on attire and representing Christ and what that means, um, like perception to others and like our identity in Christ. So um, first of all, I want to say all feedback is welcome and we talked about it and specifically for this conversation because we actually had a little debate on it during the podcast. We're going to read some of this feedback and we're going to kind of re-dive into it at the beginning here. So um if you guys weren't here last podcast, Noah, give us a recap of what you said. Yeah, so uh, last week we kind of talked about uh, just stirring the pot a little bit, I guess, just because I am someone who does stir the pot, who goes against the grain a little bit and uh, looks for opportunities to not necessarily like jump down people's throat, but I look for opportunities to educate people on at least what I think uh, Christianity should look like. So we got in the conversation of attire because I'll wear... Uh, for example, on Sunday, I wore a Travis Scott shirt to uh, church, and the specific scenario that we were talking about, I was wearing a Rolling Loud shirt, which is a rap music festival. So we were kind of talking about it, and we disagreed on the idea of uh, intent and also just attire at church, what you wear, what you represent, and stuff like that. Right. So walk me through the situation that happened, and we'll re-go through it with this new feedback and perspective on it. Yeah, so uh, I was wearing a Rolling Loud shirt like I said, and someone approached me and asked me, like, hey, like, how how can you wear that in a church setting? And my question back to them was, what am I supposed to wear to church? Because it's a it's a question to get you thinking about, like, what, what we find acceptable versus, versus what Jesus finds acceptable, right? And he was a little stumped, and I said, I said to him, just because I'm wearing a shirt uh, doesn't mean that my relationship with God is any less. You know, my intimacy is not uh, based or reliant on what I'm wearing, what music I listen to. It's based solely on my personal relationship with God and how many times I turn to him. Right. So I I partially agree and I partially disagree. This is, this is where we'll go into it here. Um, I agree on the perspective that your relationship with Christ is the only thing that's important and the most important. That being said, I think how you go about that and showing your image and like so one of the Bible verses I had here, um, imitate Christ. And that is <laughs> uh Ephesians five one. Just imitate Christ. And waking up that morning, putting that shirt on, knowing like, uh, you know, am I gonna start something? Am I gonna start the pot with this? Like I think it's different if you're looking at the perspective of, I hope somebody will ask a question from the standpoint of, hey, I like Travis Scott too. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't know there's other Christians that listen to secular music. I think that's an avenue that is completely a different conversation. But I think the avenue that was taken last last week's podcast was, um, Jesus doesn't care what I wear because my my. Uh, my trust is in him and, and I follow him and, and the only thing that matters is my relationship with him, which I know is strong and Bailey knows is strong, but it kind of came off as it was like, uh, I can do what I want because the only people who can see my relationship with God is me. Yeah. And I, I don't want to reinforce the idea that like what I look like doesn't matter because I, I put together my outfits on purpose and I don't walk out the house looking any sort of way. <clears throat> I do think that you represent something when you walk out of the house. However, and I'll even reinforce the the Bible verse just saying imitate Christ. I believe that Christ was a disruptor. Like he went to the churches where the Pharisees would worship and take offering and he would cause havoc. And not in the sense of like he would like wear what he wanted, but he'd literally walk in there, flip tables, and uh, he would debunk the things that the religious leaders were talking about. And I won't say necessarily every time I do that my intent is to debunk what someone is is thinking like sometimes my intent is that like i hope that someone approaches me and says man i just saw you walk out of church this was my first time here and i can't believe 
you're wearing a shirt, a Travis Scott shirt. I can't believe it because Christians can do that. However, when I get the opportunity to talk to a Christian and say, like, hey, I wear this because just because I listen to Travis Scott doesn't mean that my relationship with God is on some teeter. And I have to listen to worship music this amount of time and rap music this amount of time and whatever other music this amount of time. It's just not, it's not a linear balance in that sense. Yeah, I like that. You you cleared it up well. I want to open it to Bailey oh, yeah, yeah. because uh, I don't I don't want to just take our viewpoints necessarily because uh, even if it cleared up for you, maybe Bailey has something reserved or he can reinforce the idea. So yeah, screw you, Bailey. Here we go. Uh, just like usual, I'm actually about in the middle with both of you. Um, so I definitely think that there are things that like you're not supposed to wear to church or to honestly just like glorify Christ. Um, however, I don't think a rolling loud shirt is one of those things. Uh, like I live with Noah and like you said, like we know Noah's journey. We know Noah's faith and uh, where he's at. And whenever we're looking at each other making sure we're not going out of the house looking like idiots or just like ratty or whatever like noah's not like hey do you think this is going to start an argument today because that's what i'm going for uh noah just wears like what's true to him and he uh acts true to him and i think that is something that jesus called us to do is to not be scared of the uh, mindsets of the world but then also not to be um, completely flipped by the people's judgment that come our way and I think uh, with imitate Christ is a great verse but that doesn't mean that I'm going to wear robes to church that doesn't mean that I'm going to wear um, the absolutely plain things that uh, they wore back in biblical times because you know they wore what was currently cultural and I think uh for today it doesn't go against uh my faith my beliefs to wear an artist shirt in support of uh somebody that i truly believe in what they do uh especially like travis scott wasn't the only one like there was kendrick lamar there was uh a lot of other artists that were out there that were uh and are they're just spreading love in the ways that they see it and the ways that they actually look at the world and i i support that 100 percent um <clears throat> And like I said, there are certain things you don't wear. Like you don't want to try and trigger lust. Like you don't want to try and trigger um, hate or you don't want to try and uh, pass, you know, things that are just completely against what we are looking to glorify and push as an agenda and as um, our faith. So you want to make sure that you're not doing that. But like I said, I don't think a Rolling Loud shirt does that. And if um, you're really that bothered by it, then maybe you should walk up to somebody and have a conversation with understanding and um, see where your conviction lies after that uh, from listening and not just speaking. That's what I thought was kind of cool about it is that uh, they came to me about it. They didn't like start a rumor around the church to say like, man, I think Noah's like this because he's wearing X, Y, Z. Like he came up to me and he asked me, he was like, man, like, why are you wearing that? Or uh, do you think that's appropriate? And I just answered him honestly. I wasn't answering him in a way of like, I'm high and mighty and righteous. And like, right. you're not going to speak me down from my temple. I was like, this is my viewpoint. Right. And he didn't really have much of an answer back. But at the same time, it made him come to a realization that we idolize this image of what a Christian's supposed to look like. And that's been generational of like, we used to have to wear suits and dresses to church. And now we've kind of like we've dressed down further and further and now we can wear sweats and hoodies but now people are like i mean that hoodie's a little bit too much like you see that name on that hoodie and i'm like there's a there's a line in the sand but if i'm if i'm wearing a travis scott shirt like i'm not saying that everything travis scott says is gospel however like me wearing a shirt is not going to destroy the platform that is that we're trying to build up now if i'm wearing something that like you said triggers less triggers something in someone or quite frankly, is just vulgar. Like, yes, that's wrong, and I acknowledge that completely. Yeah, and uh, I, I do want to make a quick distinction because I don't think that like the feedback or somebody explaining like where their conviction is is at all, you know, being judgmental. I think it's somebody just willing to extend that conversation, uh, the same way that they did to you that day. Um, I think there are just a lot of people that are 
following the church law that yeah. gets set and i think that um that's kind of just the mindset that you're talking about with the like disruptor that jesus was to where like the pharisees set the church law back in the day and jesus came in and shook it up and said you guys aren't following jesus or you're not following god you're following you know the laws that you're setting in place and i think that's kind of just the same thing that you're getting at and uh you know like evan said at the beginning we welcome the feedback we talk about it off the mics all the time uh, we talk about how good it is that we're just getting people that listen and actually enjoy listening to the craziness <laughs> that is this, this little trio. Yeah, I think that it, it's really cool to hear from people who are listening. And, like, I want people to disagree because even if I'm in the wrong, like, I'd rather be corrected, you know? So, like, if I'm completely in the wrong, I'd rather someone say, like, no, that was way off target and here's a scripture to back it up. That's just my personal conviction and that's where... I am as far as attire and all that stuff. Right. I, I love, I love the conversation we just had. Um, I want to leave us on one Bible verse, which I think we can all agree with. And it's uh, Colossians three seventeen. do everything in the name of the Lord. And I think what we just talked about was the, the intention behind it and kind of cleared up what was said last week and just, there is intent behind it. Um, so I love that. And I do want to like use what you said to segue into our next point, which I know you wanted to talk about. Let me ask, here on Shoebox Talks, you know, as a part of modern Christianity, what should a Christian look like? And I think that's the whole point of this is we're, we're breaking the mold of there doesn't need to be something a Christian looks like with the exception of, like we said, we're imitating Christ, we're putting away malice, and we're doing everything in the name of the Lord. So give me your perspective on that. Yeah, so I think that as far as trying to fit a mold, you have to be very fluid right uh water takes the shape of the container you put it in so i think that the container that we're put in is christ and we have to be we have to be able to fit that mold as well as we can but none of us are fluid enough to fit it perfectly so evan will be able to be what's the word i'm looking for like viscous enough to take that mold a little bit but he'll never fit that shape perfectly neither will bailey neither will me neither will you However, it's all about direction. So it's cool how both of you guys kind of alluded to it. We don't really talk about where Shoebox Talks came from. And Shoebox Talks comes from like a guy like me who found Christ in the midst of the chaos. And Christ told me, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you've been. And it doesn't matter how people look at you. All I care about is your intent and your direction. So what are you doing to better this world around you? And originally, it became a competition for me because that's just who I am as a guy. I was like, I'm going to be better at being a Christian than everyone around me. So it wasn't necessarily what I was wearing, but what I was doing. So I was serving almost daily in the church. I was leading a small group. I was doing all these things, and I burnt myself out. And I said, okay, I need to take a step back. And it's cool because it's humble. So we record shoebox talks in my room and my room is almost never clean. And we talk about it all the time. We make jokes all the time. Um, but the image, the imagery around it is so cool because these guys that I co-host this podcast with come into my room and it's a mess. They see all my laundry all over the place. They see everything. They see my mess and they get to speak into me and I get to speak into them and we get to unpack it all. We get to say, this is where you need to clean it up, and this is where I can see it's organized chaos, where you got it all together, it just doesn't look pretty. And that's kind of what Christianity is. It's like, none of us have it all together. None of us. However, you could see where people's intent and where they have it organized. You say, man, I can see that right there. I can see that right there. You have your Bible plan right here. Okay, I could see what you're doing as far as building this podcast. And... Like, for me, I lose things all the time, so it's like, I lose my wallet all the time, Bailey has to come help me find it. And that's just symbolism for me, like, recording this podcast in this room that's in my home is just symbolism that, like, these guys come in here and they hold me accountable. They help me find the things I'm losing. So I think that's super cool. That kind of, like, I don't know if that answers your question, but that kind of, like, shines light on what Christianity is supposed to be, I guess. Uh... I think that's really great, honestly, because, like, 
one thing that Noah opened up with is like Christianity to me because like we were talking about earlier like it's it's a conviction based religion that it was it fits everything the exact way that you were saying so kind of like with the room analogy that you were using which was great by the way like everything has its place and for me and you like we have the same place for our clothes the floor and evan may have a different place for his clothes like a hamper but at the same time <laughs> like we still know where our stuff is going and we know exactly where we're at and like i know exactly what shirt is on my floor right now and i could point out and i could go find it the second i walk in there and i think it's the same thing with like the problems that we're dealing with like we know where we're at with each one we know that we put it to the side we're distracting from it we're doing whatever but we know where they're at we know where we're at with them we know if we have to pick it up tomorrow we know exactly how to do it where it is and i think it's the same thing uh that you're kind of just going with is that like we we just get on here and we talk about nothing but also something for an hour and uh honestly it's a great time uh i i i can't believe that we're here because of how long you've been talking about doing this if i'm being honest with you i thought it was going to be like my music career or something that's always talked about <laughs> and never started <laughs> yeah it's it's cool to see it come to fruition just because for a long time i wasn't even comfortable hearing my own voice so as far as like God putting that vision of just my voice being heard was so it was such a long stretch for me. I was like, yeah, okay. And, uh, I took that spiritual gifts test that I'm sure all three of us have taken. And it said like pastorship slash shepherdship, which is just leadership. That's all it's trying to say. Uh, it's just fancy words for it. But, uh, I saw that I was like, God, you got to chill. Like, I ain't no pastor. And that holds true today. I am not a pastor. I will not sit here and try to quote scriptures to you because I don't know them. But what God was kind of trying to tell me was that I have a voice that needs to be heard and needs to change people. And uh, like you said, I, I just think it's cool the position that God's put us in after probably, what, three years of speaking into my life about, like, your voice will be heard. Finally, God has put us in, like, a position where we can just speak and be heard. And... Um, if one person is reached, that's all that matters to me. Like the, the money doesn't matter. Uh, the amount of money I've already poured into it doesn't matter. One person reached is, is a win. Yeah. I love that. I actually got a, a Snapchat memory from a year ago and a year ago today is when we attempted our first podcast <laughs> and you guys will remember this. We, for all those listening, uh, this is episode four, but we've got dozens of episodes in the bank that we filmed <laughs> last year that will never even probably come close to getting out the air. Nope. Uh, but you know, we enjoy coming together and just talking about life, talking about our faith and what makes it go around. And, and uh, I think the can raise to our next point is, is we touched on it a little bit. What, uh, not like what should a Christian look like, but uh, how should a Christian act? And, and I want to start on one of the things that you pointed out really well that I had trouble with when I was maturing in my faith. That was uh, prioritizing God's presence. What that means is like I can serve in the church. And my, my pastor had a conversation with me with this. And um, I remember he was telling me, he's like, you're overextending yourself, Evan. I was serving in youth group, I was on the video team, I was uh, just attending church, and I was doing rehearsals for like a, a church musical. It was to a point where I was in church like five five days a week for, you know, over six to eight hours some days. Um, so he's like, Evan, you really need to like cool down here and, and choose what you're going to do. But serving does not give you an excuse to prioritize his presence. So what I mean by that is like, it's more important for you to get alone with God and have prayer and get in your word than it is to go serve. Now, there's always a place for serving, mm-hmm. always. But if it comes down to your time with God or you serving at church and there has to be one, the answer should be I need to prioritize my presence because your relationship with the Lord is what's important 
and, I, and I've said it multiple times before, uh, your intimacy with God is way more important than your knowledge of God. And now, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to bash serving. It's just there will get to a point where there's too much serving to the point where you're neglecting your relationship, your intimacy with the Lord. And uh, for me, what that looked like was that line was blurred because I thought my relationship was stronger because of how often I was in the church, mm-hmm. how often I was serving. I'm here, I'm pouring into other people, but I'm not pouring into my relationship with God. Yeah. So so that's that was a very uh, thin line that I crossed over without realizing it. And it wasn't until my youth pastor called me out. He's like, hey, Evan, like, we're, you're going to need to step back from one or two things. And, and once your schedule clears up, then absolutely come back. But I'm, I'm, I noticed the burnout happening early. And you need to prioritize your presence with the Lord. Not your presence with students or with me, but your time with the Lord is more important. Yeah, I think uh, immediately two things pop in my head. So the first thing is... Uh, I feel like when we get on fire, we forget how to say no. Mm. And it's not no because we don't want to. It's no because we need something else. And I found myself in the same situation where I was serving four or five, six days a week, depending on what was going on at the church. And I was getting burnt out, but I kept going. And it was because I was on fire and I felt like I had to. I felt like I had to prove myself. And when you get on fire it almost feels like you have a chip on your shoulder and you're like, I got to prove something. That's anything. That's anything really. You you're on fire about playing on a basketball team. You feel like you got a chip on your shoulder. You got something to prove anything. But with, with Christianity, you almost feel like you have to be at church. If you're missing church, you're watching online. If you're not serving, you're calling someone about how you could help from where you're at. And sometimes God puts you in a season of, you're not able to serve because I need you here with me. I need that one-on-one time. And we get so distracted. And that's going to be my second point. We get so distracted with what we're doing as far as serving that we lose that, that one-on-one time. And a lot of us, I know I was using service for like the distract us from what our actual problems were. We're like, okay, I'm helping people. I'm furthering the kingdom. Like what's happening behind the door doesn't matter. But your junk just keeps piling up, piling up, piling up, and your service becomes mediocre. Your service is an obligation rather than a want, rather than a desire. So that that that's the second point I wanted to make was that when you distract yourself with the service, when you're serving six days a week because you don't want to talk to your girlfriend, like your service is only going to get worse. You sitting in youth service, watching the sermon, and giving people poor advice is not helping nobody, including yourself. So sometimes God will t- say, take a step back, stop serving for a minute. And I say for a minute because God wants you to serve someone. But I want you to sit with me for a second. He's pulling out the chair for the dining table saying, this is a table for two. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Um, I think, first of all, I was just listening, taking it all in, because I think like Noah was saying some amazing stuff. And I think, honestly, where I struggle the most with service is not knowing when to stop i will always use the excuse that if god wants me to be doing this he'll give me the strength and if i'm tired god will god will give me the energy and if i need to keep going then god will make it happen so i just need to you let him use me as a vessel and go and i think uh what Noah is saying is just like spot on like there there are absolutely times where God is saying like you are at your limit like you are absolutely as far as you can go I need you to trust me in this and just let me push you that much further however that's not in my mind as often as people think or it's not with the things that people are trying to prioritize themselves because for some people it's serving in certain places where they don't even necessarily feel called anymore but they're still serving it because that's where they started or they're serving in places where that's where their family served or that's what their family did or that's what their friends do or this is where it just feels right to them but not necessarily a calling and I feel like at times we need to know the difference between God saying test me in like how far I can help you be pushed and how much that trust can be built with me in that uh and you need to take a second and you need to take a breath 
or not even necessarily you need to take a breath you just need to do something different because i'm calling you somewhere else right now yeah. and i'm calling you to our relationship and if you need to serve in an instant i'll let you know like if there's a conversation that comes up with somebody that you know is secular and i'm calling on you in that moment to speak some truth into him or her or whoever that'll be your service like i'll i'll show you where you need to serve and you just need to be ready when i call on you yeah i think that you also have to know how god communicates with you because uh like if god beats down your door and says like nah you're done then you're done however if god doesn't communicate with you and something comes banging on your door and says you're done you know it's not god right so i think it's important to know when it's god telling you like hey take take a step back and spend a moment with me and when it's the enemy saying, hey, man, you should take a step back and take a moment with me because they're very different. One thing I wanted to touch on if, as we're on this overarching topic of like, what does a Christian look like um, is, and, and you touched on it, like discerning where you should be serving or something like that. And it, it brings up a topic that um, like a, a Bible study did like it was like two years ago, three years ago um, on dangerous prayers and some of the hardest prayers to pray um, because of their results. So one of them is, is use me. Mm. And the other one, another one is like, is send me. And then there's show me and there's search me. So, you know, all of these are really like, well, there's really simple things like, well, God send me. Okay. Is he going to send me to my neighbor's house to pray for him? Or is he going to send me, to the Middle East in a country that I can't disclose because of it'll put me and my family in danger, but God's calling me to further the kingdom. Mm. Shout out Joshua Essek and Vanessa Essek from my church. They're missionaries in the Middle East. Um, or use me. And maybe like you said, I, I think that was a fantastic point of th they're serving here because this is where they started or this is where their family served and they haven't transitioned because they haven't asked or prayed for it yet. Or maybe they have prayed for it, but they haven't listened. And that's my second point is being being a Christian, one of the hardest things for me, um, and I've been a Christian my whole life, um, something I've, I'm still learning to do is hear God's voice. And, and specifically this, this year, 2023, taking time to stop, go to the table with God, and listen to him. And sometimes it's not quick. Sometimes you're sitting there listening for days, for weeks, for months, for an answer that you've been praying for for a long time. Yeah. And, yeah, but uh, it's, uh, sorry, I don't want to cut good. you off, but sometimes we take the first answer we get, which isn't God. It's our flesh saying, hey, we should do this. And that's how you get deceived. That's how you, that's how, and like I said, the enemy will, I said this last episode, but the enemy will use scripture to get you like they'll say okay you're praying for a godly spouse look at this person and quote this scripture out of context and that's where you should be going and you start pursuing on a path right through the mud and you're just like well i'm gonna keep trekking so also be aware that you need a godly counsel you need to make sure and discern whether or not that's the voice of god or if it's the voice of someone else one thing that <clears throat> in my experience and now um, I want to be careful with how I word this because um, this is not true for everyone this has been true for me specifically when I really feel God is is placing something on my heart or to do something or to say something or whatever it is it's it is God coming to me or an opportunity coming to me or a person coming to me and not me going to a person. Maybe it be a yeah. girl or maybe it be a job or maybe it be a ministry. It's not me thinking, oh, I, sh I should do this. It's, no, God's opened the door for me. Well, this girl fell in my lap and, and she asked to pray for me and suddenly we started talking. Or someone said, hey, I think you have a talent here. What are your thoughts on serving in XYZ ministry, right? And one of the things that, one of my children's pastors taught me at a, a youth camp, and this has stuck with me for 10 years, uh, shout out Clark Clairvoy, um, is PUSH. It's an acronym, PUSH. Pray until something happens. Mm. PUSH. And it works for 
every situation in your life. And that doesn't mean that little first answer that pops in your head, like, all right, I'm going to pray. And then you, you basically talk to yourself, right? Like you, like you give your own thought in your head and like, Oh, it was God because I waited for it. Yeah. But like you said, it's your flesh trying to answer a question that you're waiting for God on pray until something happens. Yeah. I feel like we have like a naturally born ability to try to work out problems in our own head. So like when I'm, I won't say right now, but like back last year when I'm praying for a godly spouse, my brain is telling me, then go ask someone out, right? And it's simple like that because there's girls everywhere and you can ask anyone out and eventually someone will give you that chance. But the God answer is set your eyes on me and I will bring your spouse, right? But we rationalize so much stuff in our head and we say, uh, man, I'm really hoping to get this job, but God's like, do I want to use you at that job or do I want to use you somewhere else? Like, you shouldn't be praying whether or not you get the job. You should be praying that I open the door that will push you into your destiny. And uh, another thing, just because you're talking about prayers, uh, they touched on it Sunday, but we, we pray so safe. We, rather than praying those bold prayers of, like, use me and search me and, like, send me, we say, uh like I pray safety on me. I pray safety on us. I pray that you keep us safe. Have your protection be over us rather than saying, use me anywhere you need me. Send me to the location you need me and I will be there and do your will. But we don't do that because we're so worried about what this world looks like. Uh, I So I have a couple things. One, I think the point you're making, the golly quality over quantity is huge because especially nowadays with how easy it is to just get on an app, swipe until you match, and then send out a pickup line or a joke or whatever, somebody's going to reply. It's too easy. It's so easy. And, like, it's, man, it's just, it's so obtainable nowadays, and the opportunity is everywhere. Uh, I think that second thing, so with what you were just saying about safe prayers and what you were saying about push, um, push is such a good acronym because of the message that it says in the word alone, because like, I know me personally, I get scared to go to God, not because like, I'm not good enough, but in the sense that I know he's going to make me work. And I hate that. <laughs> like, I want it to be so comfortable and just like under a blanket, cozy next to a fire, chilling. God wants me out in the winter trucking along making sure that like i'm getting work done so i can build character he wants these life lessons so he keeps sending these girls and let me tell you it's not fun all right (laughs) like i'm so sick of these situations that god's putting me through and i think push is just the perfect acronym because um with that like you have to pray until something happens because you just got to keep pushing forward you just got to keep chugging along and you have to know what you're chugging along for where you're headed and what God has for you. And that means, you know, taking that step without seeing. That means uh, knowing how God's talking to you. And that means knowing your relationship with God and the posture that you have so that you're not trying to imitate someone else mm-hmm. or you're not trying to have someone else imitate you. You're trying to imitate Jesus and uh, where you feel like he's leading you in that season. Actually, I was listening to uh, a pastor earlier and uh he was he was talking about that point of like trying to be someone else it was actually really cool and he was talking about how we live in such like a celebrity uh obsessed world and we always we all want to be someone else we don't want to be our own version of success and when we ask god uh make me great we're thinking of someone when we say it and it's so cool because he was talking about uh how he mentors people and their first question is like okay how do you build your sermon Like, how do you build that? How do you speak about that? How do you lay it out so well? And he's like, you guys have all the wrong, all the wrong intention on your questions. And it's not saying that, like, it's a bad intention because obviously you guys want to do the will of God, but you guys want to be me. Like, you guys don't want to be your own person. You guys don't want to be XYZ pastor. You guys want to be, I don't want to say his name on the podcast, but uh, you guys want to be Tim Ross pastor. And it's super cool that you brought that up just because... I think that even I get caught up watching other people's podcasts and seeing how they lay it out. And I'm like, man, I'm going to do that in my next one. And uh, rather than that, 
we should be looking at how we can make an impact in our own like unique way so i think it's super cool how you kind of like pushed in at the end and said like we all want to be someone else we all want to we all look to other people we all follow people on social media and we're like man that's a really like prestigious football player i want to play football i'm gonna be like him rather than just trying to be you so i want to touch on what bailey said about like being fearful to like ask god to like use me because like we're scared to work and stuff and i've had we're gonna have a little bit of tea time here boys tea time tea time pinky's out pinky's out pinkies boys out, baby um there's been a point this week where uh i was praying and and it hit, hit a point where i was asking god to use me in a certain way in leadership and it's the first time that i feel like i've been equipped to lead in this manner in my life i'm going to kind of keep it brief for now but i don't have experience in this type of leadership i really had to like get into the word and dig into this and say what what do you say about leading in this manner i was able to find some really insightful texts on it but you know it took me a solid 45 minutes to an hour um with assistance from another believer over i think there was 13 or 14 verses in the chapter and we spent Mm. an hour on it um just what do i need to do how can i improve in in this leadership manner i know it's really vague but you guys know exactly what i'm talking about so um i just want to say like i totally get being scared um but noah talked about how safe we pray yeah and we need to we're called to walk boldly in our faith and i feel that's something that this generation has like cut in half some people walk really bold in faith and some people are really conservative in their faith and and just don't want to rock the boat but um we're called to to be bold in our faith and that's something that uh i don't really have a choice but to be bold here because as a leader you're not called to be timid or scared like when you're leading you need to make decisions and you need to be just and that's something that i found like is is scary but um with god you know i can do it and if i go to him and i go to that table one-on-one and i sit and i listen it's something that i can do yeah and a good analogy that they used uh this past sunday was uh abednego and brothers uh could have prayed the fire away but they didn't pray the fire away. Uh, David could have prayed the Goliath away, but they didn't pray the Goliath away. Uh, it's just so many examples of where in the Bible they could have prayed something away, but they didn't pray it away. They asked God for strength uh, to make them bold, to make them able to do his will. Rather than saying, have your sheet of protection over us, uh, please get this fire away from us, uh, I pray this illness off of me, no, they prayed, may your will be done and use me in whatever sense you need me. A cool analogy that I kind of just thought of is uh, like when you're weightlifting, the initial, uh, like when you hit a new weight and then it starts becoming easier, you become a little fearful of the next weight because A, you don't want to fail and B, as you get up in weight, like you could do damage if you do fail. But if you continue on the same weight and you just do it over and over again, at a certain point, you become stagnant and you never grow. So when you pray safe prayers, uh, you're still going to God. Your relationship with God is still strong. However, it doesn't grow. It stays on this baseline level and it, it continues to be there. God, I pray that I'm safe. God, bless this food. God, X, Y, Z. Rather than saying, God, I see that disaster over there. Send me there. Let me Let me help with that like when once you once you push to that next weight once you challenge yourself even if you fail once you push to that next weight you figure out you can do it and then you become stronger your relationship goes up and then you become to plateau a little, or you start to plateau a little bit and then you push up again and you push up again and that's just what the relationship with God is like you want to grow in that direction and yes there'll be valleys you'll go down you'll get hurt whatever but you want to go in the positive direction you do not want to flatline I think it's so funny because we were just talking around 
in circles earlier just about everything and nothing at the same time and Noah was talking about how he started getting deja vu and then we were talking earlier uh, on the podcast about you know certain things and it took Evan back three years and there are just certain situations that God gives you in your path and in your walk that he'll use the way that you walk different the way that he set you up and the, what you've been through whether you thought it was with him or not in order to bring it all in together once you get to him or once you get to where uh, he has you and it's so funny that you just use that weight analogy because I was talking earlier and made a joke about the music career that's never going to start that I keep talking about and uh, I was actually just writing down lyrics earlier that was a weightlifting analogy for a verse for a song that I was thinking about for the podcast um, for like an intro outro thing so it's uh, it was really funny how you just use that because with the line of conviction and with everything i took the microphone from evan because we share one and i was sitting here knowing i had something to say but i couldn't quite like put it together yet and then by the time that you got done talking i knew exactly what i had to say so the thing that i'm getting at after this whole long big backstory that doesn't really matter is um it's just hilarious that god will use our paths and use our conviction and use where we're at in order to know for you to know that your relationship with him is headed somewhere and it's so easy to actually lose track of that because you're looking at other people's weight in the weight room you're looking at other people's problems and what they're putting up and you're looking at them racking 350 you're looking at them racking a parent that just passed away you're looking at them racking you know unemployment you're looking at them racking COVID strikes. Like, the, you're looking at all these things that they're going through and all the things that they're just going back to faith, praying boldly, living out their uh, lives, and you start you start putting your weight down. You know, like, mm. you start getting discouraged. You start getting to a point where you just, you need to keep pushing, but you don't feel like you can because so many other people are doing so much more and it makes your weight feel that much heavier then you get out the gym exactly man i'm honored because i think it's the first time i'm gonna say it but he was in his bag yo bro i know the podcast can't see me right now i was waving my <laughs> <laughs> I was taking my crocs off i'm waving my croc and i'm like go on get this man in front of a crowd pastor fox over here that boy was spitting um i wanted to to like i don't know where we're gonna segue after this but i wanted to like continue to just like build off of what the, what both Noah and Bailey just said um when it comes to like plateauing and building um we are not perfect Christians are not perfect and in, in, in the Bible these 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 Christians who we look up to these believers who we look up to they failed hmm. they fell short time and time again yes. and their journeys were never perfect. There was a, a rise and a fall and a plateau and another rise and you sh- and God's mercy is shown or sometimes God's punishment is shown. And we have to not give ourselves an excuse, but give ourselves grace sometimes um, in, in those situations, in those seasons. But like we said, we need to fix our eyes forward on God. And, you know, sometimes we are fearful of that extra weight that extra plate that situation we have in life but um one thing that that i've been on recently and uh when i got baptized it was in my little testimony it's uh faith begins where understanding ends Mm. and in life we're going to be faced with so many challenges where we don't know what's around that corner we don't know what the next shift at our job is going to hold we don't know with that conversation with the girlfriend when she says, hey, can we talk? We don't know what that's going to hold. Hmm. There's so many situations in life where you got to send up a prayer to God and, you know, fix my eyes on you. And sometimes it's as simple as, okay, Lord, I'm here. I don't know where you want me to go. But until I hear from you, I'm just going to walk forward. Yeah. And a lot of times that's okay. And there's going to be times where um, there's, you know, well, God's not telling me where to go. Well, sometimes God's saying there's there's multiple ways to go. Where you go, I'll be there. God's allowing you this path. And I haven't heard from God. Well, maybe God's allowing you to be there. Do you want him there? 
Are yeah. you asking him to be with you right now? Yeah. I think I think two things about that. I think that uh, God, God works in two ways when it comes to your next step forward. I think that if you're asking God for your step forward and you don't see it, A, he's already told you and you didn't listen. So you already know the step, you're just not doing it. And B, you don't see the step because it's behind you. Because you've been walking in the wrong direction. And that's where I find myself a lot. At least when I came to Christ. And even when I was like a year or two in, I found myself like, God, where do you want me? Like, I know you want me to progress, but where am I supposed to be? And he had told me months earlier, like, your voice be heard. Like, I want your voice to be heard. You have a lot to say. You have a unique perspective. I need you to be heard. But instead, my direction wasn't, how can I honor you? It was, how can I get a ring on this girl's finger? So I wanted my path. And I said, all right, God, how are you going to fit my agenda? And he said, I'm not going to fit your agenda. You're going to have to walk backwards. You're going to have to turn around, realize that you did wrong, admit to it, repent for that, and then start walking backwards and realize that you were you were in the wrong the whole time. No answer is an answer. No action is an action. Say it again. Say that one again. The first one. <laughs> You're making me laugh. <laughs> if it was repeat. And no, an- no answer is an answer. No decision is a decision. And God is very aware of that. So if he tells you, I want you to step onto that plane and go into the unknown and you don't do it, that's disobedience. And it's not... Oh, well, I wasn't sure. It's, I know what he told me, and I didn't do it. Um, I just want to talk about that walk of shame that you're describing as well, because uh, that boy sucks. And that's not that's not just a Christian thing. And I know today we've been talking, it's been super Christian heavy, and that's cool. And I always appreciate our talks and appreciate how we can talk about our beliefs. And to me, and my, I might be a little biased, but I still think it's pretty open conversation to, like, where almost anybody can just you know feel a part of it um but that walk of shame isn't just christian based that is struggle based that walk of shame sucks no matter what you believe in um you have to take where you're at and what you think is going right and go 100 percent backwards with all the things that you just struggled through you have to struggle back through them to get back to where you should be and then start heading in the right direction and you know guess what it's not going to be easy once you get there it's still going to be harder and it even sucks more if you're in a position or a season in life where all of a sudden you're like man i got this figured out like this is easy like i i'm in a season where i have no problems uh, all the stuff I'm doing is great. Every Friday we go out drinking. I don't remember by Saturday, but it's fun, you know. And then I show up to church hungover, but I get the word. I'm good, you know. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden God's like, you do what on Friday? <laughs> like, you you want to think about it again? No? You, you, you don't remember that conversation you had at work the other day? No, I, I've been telling you that you need to change your stuff, but you're so focused on the storm around you, you're not trying to hear me right now. Like, you need to you need to really think about the fact that life is easy for a reason. Like, the devil doesn't mess with people that he doesn't have to worry about. Yeah. I, and, like, that, I, I'm going to fully claim I stole Noah's point because he told me that a year and a half ago. But the devil isn't – if the devil's not scared of you, he's going to leave you alone. And yeah, you it, have to give him a reason to be scared of you. It, it, I, I took that one out of Noah's bag. It, if, you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're comfortable, you're doing something wrong. God, God's goal is to make you uncomfortable no matter where you are. You can be freshly married. It doesn't matter. You're going to be uncomfortable because God's going to put you in the position to be uncomfortable. You can be joyful and uncomfortable at the same time. And that is the goal. Jesus was never putting himself in comfortable positions. He was always putting himself in a position where he was making a change despite what would have been comfortable. It it all wraps back to to dangerous prayers and nothing will happen if you don't ask. And and it's we talked about it like it's it's dangerous not because of the answer, but because of how I can respond to the answer. And it's almost like an ignorance is bliss thing where it's like if I don't know I can't say no. If I'm not scared of where God, if I pray, God send me. I'm not scared of what God's going to say. I'm scared of how I'm going to respond. Mm. 
that's what I'm scared of. Well, I think I think part of it should be not necessarily. I won't say fear because fear is you shouldn't be gripped by fear by it. However, you should feel a discomfort with the idea that God is going to put you where He wants you, and that is uncertain for you. That just naturally, as human beings, should trigger your anxiety. And if your anxiety is not triggered based off of your prayers towards God saying, use me, put me in the position that you want me, may your will be done, may the kingdom grow, all that. Like, if you are not feeling a a subtle sense of, man, I don't know what's coming. Like, you need to pray heavier. That that should just be your conviction. However, I want to touch back on what Bailey was saying just because we we get in those loops. We get in those... uh, we get tempted, we get conviction, however we keep falling into the same temptation. And, hmm? Cycles. Yeah, cycles. I, trust me, I have an analogy geared up. Uh, <laughs> but God will stop, he won't necessarily stop responding, he'll keep telling you the same thing. He'll say, this is what I want you to do. And you'll take a lap. This is what I want you to do. And you'll keep taking that same lap over and over again, like it's a race. But you're just on the same track going and going and going and the devil wants you there the devil is like the coach blowing the whistle and then you take off on the track and then you go in a loop you stop try to take a breather and the devil's right there Woo, go again and god's trying to tell you get off the track get off this is where i want you go over there but yet we're so comfortable we're like man i'm so used to running at this point like i don't know what else to do and the devil's just waiting there for you to try to take your breath, and he's blowing the whistle again. Go again. And th- that's so valid with so many, so many situations in life when it comes to like sin and disobedience and temptation, where it's, um, like you said, God's answer doesn't change. It's just you get used to His answer and you forget about it. Yeah. And it, that's like, it's so easy to fall into that cycle because you'll pray for it once and it's like oh it's whatever and now you're in this habit this bad habit this routine whatever it is and you can't get out of it because you're praying for an answer but like you said god already gave you the answer god gave you his answer and you chose to ignore it and you know that's disobedience yeah i and what just popped in my head is that like we pray for breakthrough we're like Man, I want breakthrough. God, I want breakthrough. I believe in breakthrough. And it's like, God's like, breakthrough was eight turns ago. Like, you just keep on going. And I keep telling you the same thing that you need to do for breakthrough. And you just keep running. You just keep running right through me. And I'm like, I'm right here. Literally just jump and I'll catch you. And we're like, well, I know my legs are tired and I'm sick of these girls doing me wrong. And my job fired me because I blew up on my boss. But you know what? I'm just going to get the next job and keep doing what I'm doing. Like, no, how about we humble ourselves and realize that it's not about blowing up on our boss. Let's humble ourselves and realize that it's not about chasing some girl that's never going to give you that chance. It's about chasing the one that's going to give you every chance, right? I feel called out. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Can we edit that out? Or yeah, I a, swear to God, he was pointing at me. You saw him pointing at me, right, Evan? That was crazy. This, right? a, this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> there was no pointing. There was no pointing. It, the, the comments were pointed. Maybe, maybe that's what I was getting at. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, but I, I just have, I have more. Like I'm, I'm fired up a little bit, but. Uh, we, we disrespect real issues based off of where we feel God isn't delivering. And then we go ahead and chalk it up and say, man, I got church hurt. Like, no, church hurt's a real thing. Like, church hurt, like the pastor did something. Like, the pastor did something to someone, and that's church hurt. But no, you prayed about some girl you were chasing that was cheating on you, and now you're claiming your church hurt. Like, no, don't disrespect someone else's problem. Don't say you have anxiety just because you get sad sometimes. Like, some people legitimately get anxiety and can't function. But you say you have anxiety just because God didn't deliver for you in the way that you wanted. And now you're like, man, now I'm a little I'm a little on edge. No, like, don't don't disrespect people's real issues saying that you got them just because God didn't move in the way that you ideally wanted it. Like, just because he didn't give you that guy doesn't mean that that you have church hurt. And I feel like there there's people out there. I've heard it. 
there's people out there that are like, man, I wanted this guy. He was in the church. He was praying. He was doing all this stuff, and he did me wrong. Well, maybe it's because he wasn't a real Christian like that, and God was trying to tell you. And instead, you listen to the devil paint him all pretty. And now you're mad at the church. In relationships, they're, they're like um, your palate. And people get so used to their type. Mm. Their type of not the Amen. person that God wants them. And it's like, and he, he related to orange juice. He related to orange juice. And they're like, Pastor Manny, why, why can't I get a nice guy? Why can't I get a guy that, that, that truly loves God? And he responds, well, he's right in front of you. What are you talking about? They're all, mm. they're all around. And he goes, you're so used to orange juice. You're so used to dysfunctional. Something that's good for you. you know, some, Orange juice is not bad for you. But when you taste toothpaste, something that's so good for you, when you taste toothpaste, <laughs> you spit it out. Because mm. you're so used to dysfunctional. When functional comes around, you think it's wrong. Tough. And when, when that godly person comes around who doesn't, want to touch you sexually who wants to lead you in a relationship purely who wants to pray for you who asks to be vulnerable with you Mm. who shares their temptations and their sins with you so that you can walk together and hold each other accountable no i don't like him pastor manny i don't like him he's different that's so funny he's too nice or or you know he's got too much sin what boo boo what you mean? <laughs> what you mean? We we have such a hard time realizing that sometimes that we're the problem. Like we're like, man, this room stinks. Uh, I knew it I'm was a, coming. Uh, I'm telling I you, I say I say it all the time. This room man, analogy. This Hit room, with it. This room stinks. I'm taking the chairs out. Man, this room still stinks. I got to change my mattress. Man, this room stinks. Tear the walls off this room. Man, the room still stinks, and there's nothing left in here. I wonder what stinks in the room. It's not the room no more, boo-boo. It's not the room. It's you. You stink. You need to go hop in the shower. <laughs> you need to clean yourself up because you're the problem. A little, little, about, little bit of background info. First of all, everyone's speaking a word. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know if everyone that's listening to this is going to appreciate how much, like, how Christian has been, but I'm not going to lie to you. We've been on a roll. We've been going. We've been all been in the bag. Some flowing. of them taking it out of my bag. Some of them getting it out their hey, own whoa, bag. It's cool. Hey, share, share moves or share moves. All right. It's still a move. It's still a move. All right. Kyrie scored on Kobe's move. It's still a score. All right. I don't know what hey, you're getting at. We're, Kobe scored, scored off MJ's move. It's cool, though. Yeah. Hey, it's We're not getting into that. It's cool. All right. But <laughs> um, honestly, we have been going. I mean, like, we don't we don't really get going like this. Usually, uh, we're just sitting around talking. We don't usually get going like this. But we today, it's um, it's been hitting just different. I don't even know what fired me up, but something fired me up. I was like, nah, nah, give me the mic back. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to mic. you, though. I knew that room analogy was coming. Oh, so yeah. the background oh, yeah. info that I'm getting back to, um, Noah came up with this room analogy. I don't know how long ago. And so I, I'll give you some background. I, I didn't <laughs> No, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to claim it as mine. That's why. So I got it off of a secular podcast and they were talking to a room full of like IG models and they're talking about how like guys ain't crap all this stuff and they're like man how's how or what was the longest relationship you've held on to and they said like six months or something they're like do you realize that you've gone through x amount of men but the room still stinks it's not because the men stink you keep inviting men into the room and the men don't stink it's you that stinks so that's where I got it from. I got, I didn't get it from myself. Well, quick comment, you know, like crazy how God can use something secular to, you know, speak his word. Anyway, uh, crazy how what? that works. Anyway, uh, despite popular belief, popular being the church. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, anyway, yo. Anyway. I wish I had like a record scratch. Just anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I just think I had to hear this freaking analogy so many times i swear he was using it on little kids that he was passing by like noah was using this analogy for every single conversation that i heard him have 
for the next month. So this this analogy is finally making a comeback. I'm glad it made the big stage because I, I took the over that you were going to say it when we started spitting. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I took the mental over. I was going to say, yeah, I hope you bet your life savings on that because it was coming eventually. At one point, that, that was going to be said. This man, this man, Noah can't pay his tab. Hey, yo, listen, man. Oh, bro, whoa, whoa. It stinks whoa, in here, bro. Whoa. Hey, let me tell you, man, it's not me. It's not your cash register. It's broken, bro. <laughs> My card keeps declining. Hey, it's bro, your let fault. Me, let, me call, let me call the bank. bank. Hey, yo, plug it back in. I just, listen, plug it back in, bro. Unplug it. Yo, that's so, <laughs> the card boss. keeps declining. I swear I put money in the bank. No, you didn't. No, you did not. You're overdrafted. You, You're lying. You stink, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're over an hour. We're at an hour and six minutes. Okay. Uh, all right. After after uh, getting into my bag a little bit, and uh, Evan and Bailey also getting into their bag, uh, I just want to thank everyone for being here. I know it was a little churchy today. However, I think that we talked a lot uh, as far as – a perspective that doesn't only have to be in the church. However, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening, being uh, consistent as far as following and sharing. And uh, I'm going to pass it to Bailey real quick. Yeah, I think uh, honestly with everything we talked about, like whether you're in the church or not, like it's real. And that's one of my favorite things about this podcast and about the way that Noah has a set up, like the things that me and Evan chime in on is the fact that we uh, – we keep it raw. We always talk about like what is coming up and what's, you know, fresh and what we're dealing with. Like we're not hiding stuff and we're not holding back. And I think whether you're in the church, you're Christian, like wherever you're at in your faith or without your faith, wherever, I feel like you can relate because everybody can relate to girl problems. Like girls can relate to guy problems. Everybody can relate to how they feel about getting judged. Everybody can relate to how they feel about doing their own thing, staying true to themselves and knowing that they feel that way for a reason. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, because you said it, and I was like, uh, just like talked about it being churchy and, and, and stuff. Uh, we use the word secular a lot on this podcast, and it's just not Christian. It's just not of our religion. Every single one of you brings something to the table when you meet Jesus most of the time that us believers don't have and we we touched on it a lot how and and bailey said it and we kind of we kind of glazed over it contrary to popular belief god uses so many secular things for his benefit for our benefit when we don't even realize it sometimes so if if that's you on this podcast i want to thank you for listening and i want to say um give us some feedback your your opinion matters this is not just for us to to be in our own little bubble and say you know if you're not christian you don't belong here if you're not christian your your voice isn't valid you know that that is not what we're here for so i I thoroughly want to thank you guys for listening and uh you know you guys matter yeah i completely agree shout out to my hoodie because it says you matter but uh the feedback means a lot and if you have questions we love to answer the questions that you guys pose to us uh whether that is how do we perceive something in the christian light whether that is uh, something that we said that maybe rub you the wrong way, or maybe it's just you have a genuine question of how do I navigate something in life? We love the questions that we get, and I encourage you, even if it's something that you think that we can do better, I encourage you to push it up to one of us. And my Instagram is not Noah Johnson. It's super easy to type in if you want to DM me about it, and I'm sure that Evan and Bailey would be more than welcome to fielding your guys' questions too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, my Instagram is a lot harder to find, so just look through it, uh, look for it through Noah's. Uh, however, I think uh, that light analogy that Evan used a couple episodes ago is uh, true for so many things, uh, not just faith, but, you know, your light can't shine if, you know, you don't actually use it. And whether you're in a dark room or a light room, like, if you know something or you feel like you know something that needs to be passed on, pass it on. Like, we're as receptive as it gets, and uh, we love it. Like, we actually love to talk to people and share views, understand, and actually get to a place where we can know that we're being heard and that other people are being heard on how they feel about things, whether you're Christian or not. 
um, like shine your light on and your wisdom and where you're at and what you have to say because you know we care. We actually do want to hear it. Yeah, and I'll just uh, close this out by, I guess, looking back uh, and reminiscing a little bit through the past couple weeks. Um, and I'll just say that the journey has been really cool just to see people reacting, people giving us feedback, and people just saying it's really cool what you guys are doing. Um, and even if your feedback is not necessarily that you love it, I would love to hear your constructive criticism of what we could do better how we can uh, how we can speak to you better or minister to you better, anything like that. Um, but once again, I thank you for listening. I thank you for following, sharing uh, for everyone who listens. You're here on purpose. You listen on purpose. Um, it is not a coincidence that you found yourself listening, especially this deep into the fourth episode. And I'll send it off by saying that uh, – over the course of the past three games for for my intramural league, I've scored a total of five points. So it has been the under. And on that, our shoes are off, and we're putting our slides on, and we're out. <laughs>